Good morning. It is Thursday, the second day of the second month, February, in the year of our Lord, 2023. I'm J.D. Walt, and this is your wake-up call. Let's begin today, as always, centering ourselves in a prayer of consecration. Wake up, sleeper, and rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Jesus, I belong to you. I lift up my heart to you. I set my mind on you. I fix my eyes on you. I offer my body as a holy and living sacrifice to you. Jesus, we belong to you. In the name of the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Our reading today is entitled, When the Roof Starts Falling In, and this will be part one. Our scripture today is from Luke 5, verses 17 to 19. Hear the word of the Lord. One day, Jesus was teaching and Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. They'd come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this, Because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd, right in front of Jesus. That's the word of the Lord. Now consider this. One day, Jesus was teaching. We're back in the village today, Capernaum, right there on the Sea of Galilee. Jesus is being hosted in someone's home, and he is teaching. What is he teaching? We don't know in this instance. However, I have a working theory I want to test by you. Anywhere and everywhere Jesus is teaching, He's teaching about one thing and one thing only. This one thing takes on the shape of many things. Indeed, it extends into everything. All of Jesus' teaching comes back to divine love. He is teaching and training on the three most essential realities in life. How to love God with all of our heart mind, soul, and strength, number two, how to love ourselves in the manner with which God loves us, and number three, 
how to love others, i.e. our neighbor, with the self-same love with which we love ourselves, which finds its source in God's love for us. Not only is the holy love of God the foundation and capstone of the law and the prophets, it is the generative core and movemental circumference of the kingdom of heaven now coming on the earth. And the Pharisees and the teachers of the law were sitting there. They'd come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem. Jesus is ever and always interpreting, extrapolating, illustrating, and demonstrating the holiness of divine love. He is dealing, as every age and generation must, with the misunderstanding and consequent caricatures of holiness being advanced by the religious establishment. In every era, this establishment entrenches itself all along a worldly spectrum, ranging from conservatism to progressivism and from legalism to licentiousness, as it both contends against, aligns with, and thereby conforms itself to the surrounding culture and one or another of its many factions. Jesus will not adopt any ideologies, nor align with any faction, though all will court and quote him to advance their interests. Jesus is the embodied presence of divine love, the only ruler, a.k.a. Lord, who can live and move and have his being in this world without becoming of this world. And this is precisely because he is not from this world. Hence his most central prayer, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He is looking for people who will join him who will be born again, not from below, but from above. Anyhow, all this to say, there is a reason Jesus did not set up headquarters in Jerusalem. The religious establishment, however, was keeping tabs. They came to him. I know that was a lot to say, and maybe I should have put it in the notes, but I wanted you to think and pray with me about it. The world context is always complex. Jesus has a way of stepping into it and bringing it back to the simple complexity of divine love. It's what I love about the next line. And the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Translation, kingdom at hand, awakening imminent. Call to action, wake up, sleeper. Just then, 
the ceiling above Jesus begins to crumble and fall to the floor. Stay tuned. The prayer. Our Father, as we think through the complexity of this world and even our own nation and society, we find ourselves skeptical. I have lived long enough now not to be naive or to buy into an overly simplistic solution like Jesus healing one leper or another paralyzed man as somehow becoming translated into the answer to the many fires of crisis raging all around us. Yet I am drawn to him in an irresistible way, and something deep in my soul tells me the solution could be as simple as small awakenings becoming great awakenings, complex as that may seem. Something tells me Jesus is not the big, simple, idealistic answer, but millions and billions of solutions, small in scope, but mighty in divine love. Maybe like one church taking in one refugee family for the next 30 years, and then another church and another family until there's a million of them. I don't know. I just know my mind and heart keep wandering away from political feuds and ideological fault lines and back to Jesus to listen to him speak, to watch him work, to behold him acting for the one and somehow revealing the solution for the many. I don't want to sit with the scribes and the Pharisees. I want to be in the group of four friends on the roof trying to get the fifth in front of Jesus. Holy Spirit, I yield myself to you as a vessel for your translation of my life into the solution of Jesus. Praying in his name. Amen. And the question, do you find my working theory frustrating and obfuscating or interesting and hopeful, maybe even raising your curiosity? How does it shape or even shake your thinking? What do you think awakening might look like in today's complex context? Can you begin to fathom it? Pray for the imagination of divine love to flood your heart and mind with vision and hope, with all the possibilities of the kingdom of heaven coming through the ceiling. And the hymn, it's time to get back to shine, Jesus shine. Today, Let's sing the chorus, verse 2, and then the chorus again. It's going to be hymn number 217 in our seedbed hymnal, our great Redeemer's praise. Here we go, starting with the chorus. 
Shine, Jesus, shine. Fill this land with the Father's glory. Blaze, Spirit, blaze. Set our hearts on fire. Flow, river, flow. Flood the nations with grace and mercy. Send forth your word, Lord, and let there be light. Lord, I come to your awesome presence from the shadows into your radiance. By the blood I may enter your brightness. Search me. Try me, consume all my darkness, shine on me, shine on me, shine, Jesus, shine, fill this land with the Father's glory. Blaze, Spirit, blaze, set our hearts on fire. Flow, river, flow, flood the nations with grace and mercy. Send forth your word. Lord, and let there be light. What a prayer. And I love just to slow that down a little bit. It used to be such a happy, clappy song, which I think maybe why we don't really sing it much anymore. But for you worship leaders out there, if you just want to put that down on play a piano with it, slow it down, and let people sink into the prayer of it as they sing. Yeah, it's powerful. Well, that's a, that's a wrap for this morning. It's time now to gather up our seeds and head out into the fields. That's where I'll be looking for you. I'll be the guy waving for the awakening. I'm J.D. Walt. We hope that today's entry challenged and encouraged you. And thanks for listening to The Wake Up Call, powered by Seedbed. Be sure to share this with a friend, leave us a rating, and subscribe wherever you prefer to listen to podcasts. Find out more and join the movement by visiting our website at seedbed.com slash wakeupcall.